0: This is Podco Media Networks. Hello and welcome to the Peace Love Plants podcast. I am your host, Marco Knox, a.k.a. a phytogenic chef. Living the dream. It's a phrase that I use frequently and it's quite fascinating to see people's reactions when you respond to the daily question of, how are you doing? With living the dream. I get everything from smiles to laughs to the occasional condescending remark. But one thing is certain, when you speak it enough, it becomes a belief. And when you believe it enough, it becomes your reality. This brings me to my guest this week, Ryan O'Donnell, founder of Salty and Permaculture Planet. His lifestyle has helped shape his everyday reality, which most people would categorize as, you guessed it, living the dream. He and his family reside in Costa Rica on a permaculture property that he developed four years ago. And today, this property feeds his entire family fresh, naturally organic food all year round. Living the dream indeed. In this episode, I speak with Ryan about this very reality and how he implements it into his business practice every single day. His philosophy of putting people and planet first is one that creates a culture of freedom Thus, spawning a successful business. So get ready to learn a little bit about Ryan, living beverages, and living the dream. Ryan, welcome to Peace, Love, and Plants, my friend. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Marco. I'm really happy to be here. No problem. You know, I've really been looking forward to this show with you because to me, you are a person that exemplifies the term living the dream, man. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad it's portrayed that way. Some days the headaches are worse than others. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me dive in real quick for a second and, and provide the listeners some context to why I say living a dream. So if you're out there listening to this, you're going, well, who is Ryan O'Donnell? Well, he's a graduate of California State University, Long Beach, and Stanford University. So you're probably thinking to yourself after you hear that, wow, this is a smart dude. And you're right, and you're, as you're about to learn. But throw on top of that, that he founded two, not one, but two really amazing companies. One, Salty, and two, Permaculture Planet. So now you're definitely thinking, yeah, that sounds like living the dream. But hold on, I have to also add that he lives in Costa Rica. (laughs) So now you have exactly what
1: I said, Ryan O'Donnell, living the dream. Is that a fair statement, Ryan? Yeah, it's pretty fair, actually. When you put it that way, I mean, I'm blessed, no doubt, and I'm pretty happy with How things are working out
0: (laughs) that's cool so I want to start off with the first question of being your why and before I ask you that I think it's going to kind of go towards both companies that you founded but can you tell me and our listeners your why and how it motivates you to do the work that you do with both your companies
1: yeah I mean personally my why is all about freedom freedom of the individual One of the reasons why I live on a permaculture farm is because I wanted more freedom. I wanted uh, to provide a lot of my own resources, food, water, power, and build something that was sustainable. So that's kind of a freedom driver. And before that with Salty, which still is my main project, the why was, was around freedom. I mean, health gave me a lot of liberation, improving my personal health. And improve my cognitive function and mental clarity and knowledge is power and I felt more empowered and more free when I was eating organic foods and drinking organic beverages so I guess deep down when I do like self-reflection my whole mantra is kind of about freedom freedom for myself and I want freedom for individuals too that's beautiful that's a
0: wonderful answer I was watching some videos earlier and you were given tours through your plant in San Diego. Am I right? Mm -hmm. San Diego? Yep,
1: San Diego, California.
0: And a term you referenced a few times was panacea. Is that right? Is that the correct saying? Yeah, yeah. The definition of that is a remedy for disease. And is that really how you feel that your beverages, because they're living beverages and they really are helping people. Was that part of the core value of making such a, a healthy beverage was to help remedy disease
1: throughout humanity? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, really, the way I look at it is kind of black and white with the food supply. There's either poisonous options or there's non-poisonous options. If you look at grocery store shelves, and if you look at grocery store refrigerators, there's a lot of poisonous options in there, and there's very few non-poisonous options. So one of the reasons, the main reasons why I created Salty and brought it to market was I wanted more options that were not poisonous. And I always advocate fresh is best, you know, Marco, if you can make it at home or if you can juice yourself, like that is the absolute best, especially if you're growing it yourself. But that's really hard to do in an urban environment. If you can't do it yourself, we need to have more options as humans and consumers of things that are good for us. So. Yeah, I I think it's the panacea of of organic beverages.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And and something you touched on in in the earlier statement was your mental clarity. I experienced that in my own personal growth when I went plant-based. It was, I would say, almost immediate. I had this new sense of clarity. I felt as though cognitive dissonance no longer had a hold on me. Mm -hmm. Would you say you kind of felt the same way? I mean, I know you touched on it, but you really... It expanded beyond just clarity and mentally, yeah. right? I mean, it was everything you touch. Yeah, I mean, you what? You lost 30, 40, 50 pounds. What?
1: What was your? net Yeah, net? fifty. Fifty pounds. Yeah, yeah. The same dead weight. Like you shed fifty pounds of dead weight, right? Yeah. And that dead no weight doubt. is not helping anything in your organism to thrive. And so, if you think of our organism, our bio organism, right, as like a energy field that we're processing energy through light energy and and light yeah really light codes when we have that dead weight it becomes stagnant and that Mm -hmm. stagnation then goes through our bloodstream and when we have things that are toxic go through our bloodstream and into our brain we have brain fog so eliminating Mm -hmm. those things and getting real clean with your system i think improves your cognitive function i mean I'm sure that a lot of it has to do with genetics and epigenetics, like how your parents ate and how they were and your grandparents and what you were exposed to. But also, Mm -hmm. even the damaged human, which we're all a little bit damaged from the environments we live in, if we change our lifestyle and we change what we consume, we really can improve our cognitive function, our energy, our health, our vitality. All at the same time. Yeah,
0: I love that you topped on the uh, epigenetics. I, I follow Bruce Lipton and I yeah. listen to a lot of his teachings. I, yeah. I love him. And, and it's important because the word that you just said stood out to me, a consumption. It goes beyond the plate, which you consume visually through your ears. The people you surround yourself with all impacts your environment. and You literally become that. 100%. It's fascinating stuff. Anyone that hasn't listened to Bruce Lipton, I put my stamp of approval on Dr. 100%. Bruce Lipton. His, I would agree. His study... You're obviously familiar with Bruce Lipton and you apply a lot of his teachings to your business, I'm sure, and your everyday life, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, what we surround ourselves with and what we put on our mouth are two things we can control. And it's really hard to let go of attachments, both food attachments Mm -hmm. and relationship attachments, whether that's friends or family or businesses. So we can control those things. It's just hard to break the attachments. But when we break the attachments that are negative, it's better for the mid to long term.
0: No doubt. So let's talk a little bit about Salty and what you're doing with that company. Is it hard to manage such a thriving business from a different country or is it pretty seamless for you? Yeah, it's hard. Is it? <laughs> it's yeah. hard, but we but obviously worth it. I mean it sounds like you're
1: Yeah. You know, it has really hard days and then it has really easy days and it comes mm-hmm. in waves and it depends on like the initiatives that we're executing on in the period and then sometimes i'll have like 2 weeks where it's like just coasting but then you know some of the marvels will fall off the table and there'll be a project that takes a lot of energy and to do it remote is certainly possible with the internet but sometimes i need to fly there and i need to go meet with people and have a presence there The team is getting stronger and stronger every quarter, and the the team is stronger than it's ever been, so that helps. And they're all owners in the company. We're we're an employee-owned company. So it's not like uh, we're just paying people for their time. We're paying people for their time, and also there's upside of the ownership appreciation, the value appreciation. So it's hard, no doubt, but I actually think the ownership part it made it a lot easier. I made that as a conscious decision that we need to empower our team, not only with our words, but we actually need to put our money where our mouth is and make
0: them owners. That's fantastic. So they, yeah, they're yeah, they obviously all vested and have the best interests of the company in mind at all times. Yeah. So I watched this machine you have, this $1.5 million machine that it was just mind boggling to me. And I love the concept of how The juice, once it is pressed in the cold press, it never sees oxygen until the person cracks it and puts it through their lips. Yep, exactly right. How is that possible? How can you do what you do?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, we just geeked out on it. I got so obsessed with juice personally. I was making it at home. I bought a Norwalk juicer, which is an old school press. I was, like, Mm -hmm. figuring out, can I, like, put this in a refrigerator and not have it oxidize even more while I'm using it? Then, like, as soon as you bottle it, you put the bottles in the refrigerator. You know, lo and behold, I found out that, you know that oxygen in the headspace? Like, when you make a juice and you put it in a mason jar, but it's not all the way full? Yeah, yeah. That oxygen makes it go bad. It oxidizes the layer that's exposed to oxygen. So... I found out okay if you fill it all the way to the top and get the oxygen out, that makes it last longer and makes it taste better for a longer period of time. So I just started writing all these things down and combining all best practices. And we ended up buying this this machine, it's called an aseptic filler. And what it does is basically the liquid that we make, we batch cold press juice and herbs or whatever the liquid is we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then that's done in a cold room that's about 38 degree Fahrenheit room. And so the liquid's made, then it's put in a bulk tank. And right then and there, when it's in the bulk tank, it then goes into stainless steel process pipes. And those process pipes are clean, and they have no oxygen in them. And then they go into bulk tanks that, again, have no oxygen. They have nitrogen in the headspace instead of oxygen. And then it goes through the bottling process in the machine, gets bottled, and it gets overfilled to the very top. We remove the oxygen again, we cap it. And so really the whole idea was how can we get as close to nature as possible, like as close to fresh as possible without heat pasteurizing it or high pressure pascalization, which is another intense process that beverage manufacturers use. And this is what we came up with, and it's fairly novel. I think we're one of two people on the planet doing it and,
0: and the market leader in it. No doubt, no doubt the market leader. And you guys go beyond just that. Everything you just mentioned was unbelievable. You only use glass bottles, which to me is amazing because you're removing that fear from people when they're using plastic bottles and it sits in their car for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I even heard you touch on it in one of your interviews, the pH balance of water is so low, but yet people are so concerned about water. Imagine the acidity in juice. Yeah. So you guys have taken another level to protect, really, human health. I mean, it's yeah. really at that base level, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, you touched on Bruce and epigenetics. Just think of what petroleum does when it goes into our system and alters our system and alters our genetics. Yeah, that leaching is no good. So. For us, from day one, Marco, it was very clear. It's either a glass or we were not going to build a company to do this. We'll do something else to earn income. So we just love glass yeah. packaging.
0: That's fascinating. And that, that circles right back to my intro about you, that you founded these two amazing companies, but for the right reasons. It's not just a company. You've really got people in mind. And I commend you for that. And and I, I love that your company has exploded and that more people get to experience that and, and learn about you and, and your beliefs and how you treat everybody. Thanks, man. No worries. I mean, it's it's really cool. And another thing that I love about your company and, and you, quite frankly, is your 360 degree transparency. You've got a tasting room in San Diego so people can come and watch. It's not like this veil that no one could look behind. It's like, hey, come, come on. Come see what we're doing here.
1: Yeah. So is that open seven days a week? It's open uh, Monday through Friday. And yeah, there's a big glass observation window where you can see all the bottles coming down the line and and the caps being capped and case packed. It's pretty fascinating. But the 360-degree awareness, really, and the transparency is simply just an increase in thought. It's really hard to figure out the benefits of telling the truth and being fully transparent in everything you do as a company. It's really easy to cut corners and just say something that sounds good and sweep it under the rug for a company. Right. And so just from like a leadership standpoint and from the top, when my team would give me excuses for why things were done certain ways. I would just encourage them to put thought behind it and figure out the benefit of doing it the right way. And that's like the whole company, the whole company, the transparency in the supply chain, the transparency in the manufacturing, the transparency in the benefits of the ingredients and where we source them. All of these things are just because we put a little more thought into it. Some other companies could do this as well but they may prioritize financial gain over the full picture of the business and that's people and the planet and the profit. You got to have all three. We just happen to put people and planet first knowing that profit would come because we had a solid business model. We knew that when we get to a certain scale, the profit would come. I'm pretty blessed that I went all in, one, so my investors saw that. I have some minority investors that don't have control. They also saw that I'm incompetent, so allow me to continue to stay in control. But I've been able to take in small chunks of money and retain control, and they've trusted that the profit would come, and sure enough, it did come. But it took years, Marco. It was not easy. It was a grind.
0: Oh, I'm sure. there's, There's no overnight successes, no matter how many people out there wish that there were. You have to put in the work. But it really sounds like you're you're doing it for the right reasons and you're challenging the status quo too. And my hope, and maybe your hope and other people in your company's hope, that you will shift other companies around to start thinking the way that you just described. People first, the money will come.
1: Yeah, it's a long-term game, man. I used to think growing up it was a such a short-term game But now my shift is focused. It's a long-term game.
0: I'm glad you brought when you were growing up. Did you see yourself doing this when you were growing up? Or did you have different visions for your future?
1: I had a few different visions. For one, I always knew I was going to provide something to people. And for some reason, I always thought it was small and something that a lot of people could have access to. I don't know why. It, It wasn't a beverage. like I didn't have that vision. But I figured I would have something small that I could offer people that would help them. That a lot of people could access so that's always been there and i've tried to start many companies i've had many failures before salty but you know when i was like 10 to 15 i thought i was going to be like a suit and tie guy on like a penthouse in manhattan driving a ferrari <laughs> like going to finance like meetings but now you're
0: shirtless in costa rica
1: yeah the plans the plans helped me man or I'd be a miserable <laughs> dude in a penthouse right now
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fascinating <laughs> so let's let's switch a little bit let's talk about permaculture Planet, your other company mm-hmm. now, is this strictly
1: out of Costa Rica or are there other places in the globe that you're you're doing business? no that's a good question right now it's only Costa Rica, but if we're successful in it, then it certainly will be in other geographic regions. I think a lot of places on the planet can benefit from permaculture and a lot of communities. And when they see the abundance of fruit and produce that can be produced on a permaculture property, then, then it starts to make more sense than almost any other form of agriculture. So right now it's in Costa Rica, but we're not going to limit that to the future. It's also, by the way, it's like a very much a side project to Salty and a passion project it's a small team. We've developed like 21 acres and four houses and 4,000 or 4500 fruit trees, which sounds like a lot, but really it's a drop in the bucket. We need to do a lot more. Yeah. So right now it's Costa Rica, but I, I mean there's there should be no limitation if Salty thrives and grows how we think it's going to grow and how it is growing on that trajectory, we donate 1% of net sales to Permaculture Planet to reforest Um, That's going to be a significant sum of property in in the long term. It's a model
0: that is definitely something that can be duplicated so long as the surroundings are conducive to growing your own food. Mm -hmm. So I love it. I love the concept. Talk about a passion project. Holy cow. I mean, again, living the dream, Ryan. Yeah, Living the dream. (laughs) I know it's a side project, so I don't want to stay on it too long. But one thing that fascinated me about what you do, and I'm looking at my notes here, that each property you develop includes clean spring systems for fresh water, mm-hmm. permaculture, organic food forests, mm-hmm. natural agriculture, mm-hmm. and building design. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a lot of stuff you guys are doing
1: Yeah, for a client. I mean, really, how it started was I wanted to figure out a way to grow my own food And I know a lot of people want to figure out how to grow their own food too. And so when I bought some, you want to, right. It's a beautiful thing because
0: it's like printing your own money.
1: Yeah. It's, it's forever. If you,
0: if you take care of that tree, it's going to feed you.
1: Yeah. And when you're 10 years into it, it's going to produce hundreds of pounds of fruit every year for the next hundred years. And you really don't have to do much work with fruit tree agriculture when it's done right after the first 10 years. So I moved down. And I have a buddy that was really into permaculture that helped me get established here before I moved down. I bought the property and I started building i'm looking at the house I started building the house and planting the fruit trees I'm looking at some papayas and and bananas there's an olasapo and a durian and a coconut oh, right here. On. What's an olisapo? back up for a second. <laughs> olasapo is like a oblong shaped fruit gold inside and it's like a caramel custard kind of flavor oh man (laughs) yeah i need some
0: of that in my life ryan i need some of that you can ship it to florida i'd I'd appreciate
1: it i bet there is some in florida actually there's probably some good stuff there there might be i need to get my hands on that (laughs) but there's there's a guy in florida green dreams florida pete canaris and he's doing some pretty amazing permaculture projects in florida what part of florida is he in central to south Central to South. I'd I'd love to get in
0: touch with that guy and see what he's doing. That's fascinating.
1: His YouTube channel is amazing too. He films all the projects and does aerial shots. You should check it out. Awesome. I'll grab those notes from you after this. Yeah, but to finish that up, the idea was I wanted to figure out how to do this. I didn't really want to do it all myself. I would have loved if there was like a two to four acre property that I could buy with a little tiny house with fruit trees already put in with a little garden And then I could just kind of move there and tend to it. And Mm -hmm. so I had to do it on my own. There wasn't a package like that. Then friends and family started asking. Then random people started asking on social media because I was posting photos and Lindsay was posting photos. And then they said, hey, why don't you do one for us? And so we did one and then that went to two and then that went to three. So really it was just like pretty obvious that people wanted to grow their own food and we wanted to figure out a way to put a, affordable package together. Now the packages we put together now are like between 300 and 400 grand. That's not that affordable. It's much more affordable than Manhattan, New York or Orange County, California or Miami, Florida, but it's not as affordable as the Midwest. So, you know, hopefully one day there'll be a hundred thousand dollar packages or $150,000 packages where people can move down and grow their own food more economically. But for now, you got to start somewhere kind of like the Tesla model. You got to start with an expensive one before you can get to the mass market ones. Permaculture Planet, Michigan. That's got a ring to it, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Midwest is known for growing <laughs> some great food now.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> apples and berries. That That's
0: right. <laughs> Crab apples. Ooh, you ever yeah. have one of those? I don't think I have. Yeah, you're not missing out. <laughs> Trust me. So. I love to ask this question to all my guests. So I've got to ask it to you. What is the best piece of advice that you've received? Not given, but received. The best
1: philosophy or advice that I've ever received was that we can change our thoughts and our thoughts can change our reality. And so I think of a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Mm -hmm. which was influential in my life. It uses money as the tool to think and grow rich, but it's about a lot more than money. It's more about your thought process and your thought patterns because your thoughts become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your reality. Mm -hmm. And it really all starts with the thoughts And when I was like 15 to 20, I had a positive mindset, but I still thought that I had some self-limitations. And after reading that book over and over and then diving more into like your thoughts become your reality and putting that into motion, that's probably been one of the things that's changed my life the most. Like we're the architect of our own lives. And when Mm -hmm. things aren't going right for someone, even for me, when things weren't going right, I couldn't believe that. But I kind of just stepped to it, and then eventually the thoughts did become the reality.
0: Yeah. Again, right back to Lipton's teachings, and you manifest your own reality. Yeah. That's solid. That's solid. I really like that. When You're not thinking clear. That's so hard to grasp, huh, Marco? It is. It really is. What you put out, you become. So if you're going through life, woe is me. Well, guess what? Woe is you. Yeah. But it's hard. It's, it's really hard to snap into a positive mindset if someone's not there. And that's the who you surround yourself with, right? Correct, yeah. And, you know, sometimes I find myself having a bad day or some bad thoughts that I don't necessarily agree with. But I've learned over the last year or two to let it go through me. It's an emotion. It's okay to experience Same. that emotion. Same. Let it flow through you. But the minute you let it get stuck inside of you and let it manifest,
1: that's when yeah. your reality starts to, to breed. Hey, you know, I was reading that males also have moon cycles, like females Mm -hmm. have moon cycles, and that there are natural cycles where the man and the woman has down days for three or four days in a row every 30 calendar days. And Mm -hmm. I started thinking about that because I was just observing my own thoughts. And yeah, I still do have down thoughts and down days on occasion. It's just that it's probably like, you know, three out of 30 instead of 15 out of 30 days. And then in those days, those days aren't as bad. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. And you recognize what's happening as well. It's no longer a, well, what's happening. You, you have a grasp as to what's happening. Yeah. So when you wake up in Costa Rica and I live on the coast as well, I wish you could see outside my window. It's dark, but the ocean is there. Nice. But, uh, What is the first thing you do? Do you wake up? And it sounds like you're a guy that gives gratitude, so you give thanks. And I imagine you doing some sort of pranayama, perhaps. Are these practices that you implement into your daily routine?
1: What I do in the morning is I I basically wake up. I don't look at any devices or cell phones or computers. I immediately drink a little bit of water, distilled water. And then I drink coconut water. And then I do some stretching. And I stretch for like anywhere from five minutes to 30 minutes, depending on the day. It's never an hour. And I do breathing, some yoga, I guess, to an extent. It's not a certain type of yoga that's the same routine all the time. It's just kind of listening to my body moving in a certain way, doing cat cow, doing back bends. It's pretty gentle. I studied and practiced yoga like for three years, pretty hardcore. I was going every day to class an hour to two hours a day for a couple years. And that was an awesome foundation. I'd love to do that again. But for now, that 30-minute in the morning of just breathing and stretching and feeling my body out and clearing my thoughts, I don't really have negative thoughts when I wake up ever. I don't use an alarm, by the way, ever. Yeah, so that that's helps. Great. But that's kind of my morning routine. Then I jump into work, whether that's stuff on the farm, salty, email, phone calls, video. I try not to have anything scheduled before 10 a.m. though. So I go Mm -hmm. for a walk sometimes. I hammer out a day, like a full work day, no matter if it's salty or permaculture or farm work. There's a full eight hour, 10 hour day. And then in the evening, I do the the same thing at night. With Lindsay, most of the time we go into the bedroom, no, no devices, candlelight. I'd say nine out of 10 nights, candlelight, incense, do stretching, do breathing, 30 minutes, no phones. Yeah. And just those two things really changed my life quite a bit. It's probably been a practice of mine for five years.
0: That's fantastic. And I've started to experience that sort of routine over the last year in my own life. And It's amazing what happens when you clear space for yourself and your loved ones and you shut the TV off. Yeah. It's it's just like wow, we're having conversations, we're not being distracted. We have thoughts and love filling the house now. It's 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 really healthy stuff. It's yeah. great to hear that you practice that and so many people. It's it's so great that it's mainstream now. It's no longer like, oh, there's those guys over there being weird. No, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be mindful of your surroundings. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. As I mentioned, at the beginning our podcasts aren't super long. I mean, we could do this for hours. I feel like I could talk to you forever, but <laughs> we do kind of start rounding it out. But before we go, what is next for you and Salty and Permaculture Planet? If you want to throw that in there, what's what's on the horizon? horizons? Anything that you can leak out to the
1: people? Yeah, I mean, Salty is gonna. It had a banner year this year. We're more than doubling revenue every year. Next year will be distributed in no less than 5 or 6,000 stores, we're in 3,000 today. So, we're getting some good traction. That's really a drop in the bucket compared to the big boys, Coca-Cola and PepsiCo. They're in about 500,000 points of sale. So, at least 350,000. So, that's like, you know, 1%. But a really well-established brand, like a mainstream brand, if you think like RX Bar or Oddwalla or I mean, not that these are good products or bad products. I'm just naming mainstream brands mm-hmm. like Dr. Bronner's soap. Maybe uh, these are in mm-hmm. like twenty five thousand to fifty thousand outlets, and so I think we'll go from thirty five hundred to eight thousand outlets to 15 or 20,000 outlets to 40,000 outlets. That's kind of like the next four years, four five years for us. And that's going to be a lot of work. So next is getting salty into more spots because we know it sells. When we put it in a grocery store, when we put it in a restaurant, when we put it in a convenience store, all the channels are working, whether it's Whole Foods or Publix or convenience store or liquor store, they're, they're all selling it once we get it in. So- It's really about increasing distribution now.
0: I like that. And I know I said it was going to be the last thing I touched on, but when you said distribution, it made me reflect on an interview I I watched about you and you were talking about factories and and, and having distribution throughout the country and not being centralized in one location, but rather building multiple so that you can serve multiple communities. Is that still something that you're forward thinking on
1: and and part of the goal? Yeah, it's financially difficult, but the idea is that you have two factories in different geographic hubs that serve the West and the East. Yeah. Now, the, the problem lies in in staffing that because one of them is going to be a headquarters where the brain trust is, where the management decisions are being made. The other one is, is going to be, you could split management, sure, but uh, it becomes more difficult from a management perspective. But yes, one huge factory serving the whole world is is still not the answer. It's got to be fresher than that. It's got a shorter shelf life than that. So it's probably multiple factories in different geographic regions. I love it. I love it. Ryan, did I leave anything out that you wanted to talk about? I want to know how many (laughs) pounds you lost in the first six months of your transition versus after the first like six months. You know, the
0: first six months, it was the majority of it, honestly. I lost 50, I'd say 30 pounds
1: of it. And what what happened? What, what were you eating or drinking that changed that dramatically?
0: Uh, well, I went from
1: a full-on carnivore diet, the
0: standard American diet. But, I mean, I wasn't a fast food standard American diet. I was just meat center of the plate guy. Uh-huh. And I transitioned to a whole food plant-based diet. It started with no dairy. Then I eliminated red meat. And then after a couple of weeks, inflammation in my body just started disappearing. So I said, I'm going to go all in. And from there, it was no animal products. What year was this? uh, 2016 is when it really started happening for me. It was interesting, and I'm I'm forever grateful. It was a true awakening, not just from a, what am I putting my body to? All this other stuff became available to me. The Dr. Bruce Lipton's, Dr. Greggers of the world, Dr. Conn, all these this whole world opened up that I didn't even realize existed. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty that's cool. the
1: journey. You yeah. look way younger today than that's you did journey. back then. Seriously, <laughs> it's the energy thing. level. You too. must be looking at a photo. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the photo.
0: <laughs> it's the happiness for sure. Oh, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm 43. I'm 43 now, Ryan. So, <laughs> so you're born in 76. Uh, 76, August of 76. Yeah, sweet. I'm September 86. I love it. I love it. Ryan, we're going to cut the show now, but I want to have you back on. You're a fascinating guest, so consider yourself having a seat here anytime you want.
1: We'll work on your
0: schedule. Maybe we'll do it in Costa Rica next time. I'd love that. Yeah, that'd be fun. (laughs) All right, everybody, that was Ryan O'Donnell from Salty and Permaculture Planet, and this is Peace, Love, Plants, and thanks for joining the show, Ryan. Thanks, Marco. Speaking with Ryan reminded me that creating your own reality is completely possible, so long as you back it up with hard work and positive intentions. Ryan's dedication to his craft and his altruistic approach is a model that I see more and more CEOs shifting to. People, then profits. I also love that he allows full transparency in his businesses and that he doesn't personally hide from the public or mince his words. He's steadfast on sustainability and creating a better place for all of us to exist. If you aren't already following Salty or Permaculture Planet on Instagram, I highly recommend doing so. I don't have any financial gain by endorsing Ryan's companies or his social media outlets. I just think that they're excellent follows. You even get a sneak peek into Ryan's life in Costa Rica. And who doesn't want that? I know I do. In fact, the next time you hear from me, I may just be living the dream in Costa Rica as well. Well, that's all for this week's episode, but please join me next Monday as I speak with Tez Steinberg, an ultra endurance athlete that is solo rowing the Pacific Ocean, 2,500 miles, San Francisco to Hawaii, all in an effort to inspire a more courageous world. Until then, peace, love, and plants.